We live in an experience economy where the company with the best experience enjoys tremendous competitive advantage. How can you turn your customer experience into competitive advantage? John Langford coaches us today on the critical components of an incredible customer experience. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. We are all working to get it done in 2021. And to help drive revenue, we need sales and marketing to be tightly aligned. That's why we launched the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge. Companies that work to align marketing and sales see results. And if you missed the challenge, no worries. We're releasing some of the content on the Revenue Growth Podcast over the coming weeks. And we have a bonus session coming up on April 21st with Mark Schaefer. If you want all of it, the bonus session and access to the recordings, just visit www.2021alignmentchallenge.com or text the word alignment to 21,000. You'll get access to bonus sessions, including the one on April 21st with Mark Schaefer, author of The Marketing Rebellion, along with other ones throughout the year. One of the most important areas of sales and marketing alignment is around customer experience. This can be a powerful source of competitive advantage if your experience is amazing. The opposite can be true as well. Well, today we're going to enjoy John Langford's session on customer experience at the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge. In his previous role as a Disney Institute instructor, John helped organizations discover how to create memorable experiences. Today, John helps businesses and nonprofits enhance their client experience to maximize results. He's going to coach us on how top companies are creating memorable experiences by making them consistent personal, and memorable. We're going to learn about how we can turn mundane moments into incredible opportunities. You're going to get a lot out of this session, so grab a pen and a notepad, and let's get ready to learn from John after a word from our sponsors. in this area. One of, one of my favorite is Joey Coleman's book, Never Lose a Customer Again. You want to get to know Joey. And uh, in the beginning of the book, he quotes Bain and Company Research that says 80% of companies say they deliver great a great support experience. You know, I think this is support, but they, they would say we deliver a great experience. We're awesome. But when you ask customers, 8%. That is a huge disconnect that needs to be solved. It, it needs to be solved and it's not just your intentions, but knowing that expectations have gone up 
in terms of visibility, ease, speed, personalization, all mm-hmm. elements. I'm sure John's going to be getting to a lot of these key components as well. But as expectations continue to rise and change, it's hard to keep up. And we need a plan and we need to work together in order to get there. I've got so many different, this is my learning journey this past year on customer experience. I picked up another book uh, called Experience, the Seventh Era of Marketing by Robert Rose and Carla Johnson. And they were citing research. They said, this is fascinating. They said 81% of millennials, 79% of Gen Xers, and 78% of baby boomers value experiences more than they do the actual items, the products. Wow. That is basically (laughs) round up and say everyone nowadays values the experience more than they actually value our products and services. Wow. It's not a generational thing. It's a customer thing. (laughs) That's right. It is. And uh, so a year ago this week, I was in Orlando. This was actually the last uh, my last business trip before everything, you know, before we all learned how to work full time from our home offices. And uh, I was at Sales 3.0. And while I was there, I had dinner uh, with our guest today. And I met John for the first time. And John and I started talking about this topic of customer experience. When you look at John's resume um, online, you'll see that uh, he has a diverse experience. And one of those includes working with the Disney Institute. And John, and and so we had this fascinating conversation about customer experience. He introduced me to a book called The Experience Economy. And when I read that book, it's by Joseph Pine and James Gilmore, the lights just came on. You ever have one of those moments, Jim, where the lights just boom, everything falls into place. And at the beginning of that book, Pine and Gilmore say, welcome to the experience economy, folks. Products are commodities, services, everyone's got service. Now the differentiation is in experience. And so that's where we want to go today. We got a huge disconnect between the reality. Oh, and by the way, the experience economy, tip of the hat out to uh, our good friend, Douglas Burdett. You met him on Monday. Guess who he interviewed on his podcast that came out today? The experience economy author, uh, James Jim Gilmore. So uh, this is like everything has been pointing to today to talk about experience. Um, and that's why I'm really, really happy to introduce to you uh, John Langford. And John, um, welcome to the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge. It's an honor to have you here. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be a part of this panel and and discussion and this distinguished group of uh, guest speakers. And so thank you for uh, you're you're welcome. Jim, this is going to be a good conversation today about customer experience. Why don't you set up John and let's rock and roll? I, I'm I'm ready to take notes as well. I don't know if John needs a lot of setup. Yeah. I think we need to get out of the way, but here's someone uh, for for all of us uh, we can we can learn here. John has worked with and has helped guide the best of the best. Yeah. And I think and plus his experiences with uh, lots of different kinds of companies, large and small. So, uh, John, I'm ready to learn along with everyone else. All right. There we go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. Let us introduce John Langford. Great. Thank you so much again. Wow. What a what a great week. I've been following along with you guys all week as far as uh, the different topics. And so I'm going to integrate some of that in 
uh, to this conversation today. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to go ahead and do up front was share with you some of the resources that I'm going to be drawing from to be able to set up this conversation around experience. So obviously the first is Daryl Amy's Revenue Growth Engine. Uh, he covers this or talks about this in, in his book. And uh, so there's some great elements in there that we'll bring in. Uh, obviously, um, Daryl's already brought up the Experience Economy, fantastic book. Uh, you definitely wanna have that on your shelf as well. And then two others that I'll be drawing from uh, along the way, both by Jim Collins. One is Good to Great, and then the other is Built to Last. And so uh, all four of these books are going to be the basis of this talk today. I hope it will be helpful to you as we get started talking about key principles that create incredible client experiences. So some of the mistakes that I see in business in general is they see their business as merely performing a function. Uh, say, for instance, with a bank, you know, they hold your money. Um, you get very little interest on it. And occasionally they loan some to you. They keep it safe. Generally speaking, that's about the function of a bank. Uh, higher education, they educate those who want to learn. Maybe in transportation, we get people from A to B. And really, that's the gist of it. And I think when people look at things this way, uh, the function of their work or whatever it is that they do quickly becomes commoditized. As Daryl was talking about earlier, really the, the distinguishing factor is going to be the experience, the client experience, whether it's on the front end or um, you know, the back end. As Jim mentioned, somewhere along the way, people are going to touch uh, your company in some fashion. Uh, a recent CMO survey uh, said that customers and clients are actually looking for things that are far above the quality of a product, relationship service excellence, and even price. And what they're looking for is customer experience, further validated uh, even in that most recent survey. So with that being said, I believe that it's possible to take some of the most mundane functions of a business and turn it into an experience. And sales and marketing actually has a big part that they play in this. And so the way that we do this is we look beyond the function and we begin to look towards outcomes. What are the desired outcomes that we want for our customers or our clients? And a big way for us to kind of gain an understanding about that is really to ask them, ask them what they want, to ask them what they want to experience, what they're looking for in things, because it'll always come back to us in the form of feedback that's really helpful. So there's three questions that I'm going to focus on today uh, as we as we discuss the client experience. And those three questions will be broken down uh, as well. The first is this. Is your experience consistent? Secondly, is it personal? And then thirdly, is it memorable? So we're going to look at those three components of the customer experience or the client experience. So we'll start with the first one here. One, is it consistent? Now you think back to Meredith's strategy talk on day two. She focused on vision, values, and goals. And so when we have those things in place, that's what really helps us have a consistency in our message and also the delivery of that message. 
uh, having a vision of what we we want to achieve as a company, the desired outcome or uh, desired future state, that, that's helpful to know where we're going. Uh, values obviously is very important uh, and you should always hire to values that there should be some uh, continuity between the people that you hire as well as the company values there. And then thirdly, goals, and those can be ever changing uh, along the way. But all three of those really help us chart a a consistent course for a desired outcome as it relates to our client experience. Uh, you know, as the, as the Disney guy, obviously I want to be talking about some Disney uh, stories. And one of the things that I know is that a Disney experience is consistent no matter who you talk to at Disney or what you see in marketing. So whether you're talking to a reservation agent, a bus driver, a sales host, housekeeper, entertainment, uh, entertainer, uh, you're on the phone with, um, you know, trying to strike a deal uh, with Disney, whatever it may be, you're always going to have a consistency in, in that delivery or in that engagement at every level. And every one of the people that work at Disney, they know and they understand that their purpose in every client or customer or guest experience is to create happiness is to create happiness. And so with that, uh, it also holds true in marketing. When you look at all of Disney's marketing, it's always something around happiness, happy people doing happy things, uh, having a nice time. Uh, Pine and Gilmore in their book, The Experience Economy, uh, they suggest that companies are staging an experience every time they engage a client. That means every single touch point. So that could be by phone, it could be email, it could be your web, your website, uh, social media, even the product itself. You think about even an Apple experience, whether you go into the Apple store or you have an Apple device shipped to your home, you can't wait to get into it because there's something about the packaging, the packaging of Apple products that you just, you can't wait to get into. You just, there's something unique about it and you can't wait to open it. So that means that their messaging is, is consistent. Even when you get on the phone with someone with Apple, that too is consistent. So all of that can be anchored by values, but ultimately it's supported through vision, values, and goals. So one of the things that I always highly recommend, especially even with sales and marketing teams, and doing this together is very important, is that you should journey map every engagement with, with a client or potential uh, buyer. In other words, what, what is the, the, all the, the singular touch points that take place from start to finish uh, through the transformation to the outcome? And if you take these things apart, I think what you'll discover is that there are ways to help improve and enhance that experience and create a consistency in messaging along the way. I promise you one thing, everything that you see in a Disney commercial or ad is most likely what you're going to experience while you're on your vacation. And that's because Disney looks at every point of engagement with their guest, even the most simple of acts. Uh, for instance, we've run uh, ads with Disney at, at times where maybe we're looking for a transportation uh, host, which would be like a bus driver. 
And in that article it, or in that ad, it may have a bus um, positioned or staged and then a bus driver outside of the bus. And he might be doing a little bow to a princess uh, that is boarding the bus. Well, that's not just a staged experience for uh, marketing or for advertising. That's actually a real life experience. We most likely, I would say, and I don't know this for, for certain uh, as it relates to that particular ad, but we, we empower our people in such a way to give them the, the, the margin to be able to do things like that, creating these magical experiences, if you will. And what happens is inevitably, our guests will provide feedback to us about those types of experiences. And they might write in and they'll say, you'd never believe what happened when we boarded the bus at Disney. My daughter was dressed in a princess dress. And as she got, as, as we were waiting there on the bus, the, the bus drove up, the doors opened, the bus driver uh, stepped off and he greeted my daughter as if she was a real princess and even took a little bow as he welcomed her onto the bus. Well, that's marketing magic right there. And so what happens is our marketing team takes stories like that that come from our guests, that touch point, that one simple act, and then they convert that not only into a story that we tell with others to inspire these types of actions to take place, throughout our organization, but also it gives us an opportunity to say market what a Disney experience may look like. Now that particular ad was recruiting uh, bus drivers. And I would venture to say that ad alone not, does, a, does a couple of things. One, it, it shares what a Disney experience might look like, but then two, kind of weeds out some of the people that, um, that wouldn't be the best type of bus driver uh, for you. I mean, I don't know if you've driven a bus in New or ridden on a bus in New York City. At least you probably haven't ridden one in the last year. But if you've ridden it, when was the last time a bus driver stepped off and greeted a princess onto a bus in, in downtown uh, Manhattan? Probably not going to happen. But at Disney, it is. And it is going to happen because that's the type of experience that we want to create for every one of our guests. So even down to the most simple mundane function or act, we're thinking through how can we create uh, a memorable experience, but we also want to make sure that it's consistent all throughout. And the way that we do that is we make sure that everybody has the opportunity to create those magical moments uh, just like that, but also to be able to provide input to how that can be done over and over and over again. So the guest experience is consistent no matter who they interact with at Disney. Secondly, uh, is it personal? Is it personal? So think back to Mark Hunter's talk. He's talking about knowing the ideal client profile. And that's what helps make, a, make, make our, our outreach efforts personal. It's what makes our engagement personal. It's what makes the staging of the experience personal. And Disney is notorious for this. I mean, if you've ever had a, a Disney experience where you've gone to a park, you're always going to run into a research uh, cast member that's out there uh, asking two or three questions. You, you may get an email follow-up uh, regarding your reservation. Those types of things. We're constantly soliciting feedback from our guests so that 
what we're, what we're, the services that we're providing are the services that people are looking for. So some of the questions that we, that, that we ask at Disney, um, one, what are you celebrating? What are you celebrating? Uh, and so when we ask that question, it gives us an opportunity to personalize that experience for our guests. And you know what? That's led to a lot of different ways for us to personalize it, it, that experience. One, one uh, example is this. Um, we started printing these I'm celebrating buttons. And that way, once we knew what they were celebrating, we may write that down underneath here and the guests will walk that around. And every time they encounter a cast member, uh, they're, they're having an engagement uh, with them and their experience is being enhanced. More and more we did this, the more and more we learned that a lot of people were celebrating first visits. And so we created a first visit button. And, you know, every time a cast member saw someone wearing one of these buttons, it was a way for them to um, identify them as a first time guest and make sure that everything that they were looking for, uh, they were able to find without any problem. Maybe they were celebrating a birthday, you know, a birthday or something like this. And Disney's fantastic at celebrating people's birthdays. And, you know, you'll, you'll write the little name on there as well. And as they walk through the park, wearing their birthday button, they've got their birthday on there. It says happy birthday. And then underneath there, John, or whatever your name is. And inevitably the guest forgets that they're actually wearing the button and they're walking down the street or they're getting on a ride. And the cast member says, happy birthday, John, happy birthday, John. And they keep looking like, how do they know it's my birthday? Well, they've already forgotten that they're wearing this silly little button. But at the end of the day, the experience that they had was so incredible. Where do you think they tell their friends they should celebrate their birthday? At Disney. At Disney. Questions. Asking questions of your guests is so critical. Do you have food allergies? It's what's led to the full allergy-free menus that we now have uh, on uh, across Disney property. Where are you from? That helped our marketing teams understand where they needed to focus and how they how uh, how to anticipate uh, large crowds for certain from certain regions around the world. Uh, for instance, there's a certain time of year that we always have large groups of people from Brazil that that come to Disney. And I'm not talking just families. I'm talking charter buses of, of people, full planes of people. Uh, our marketing teams are incredible at promoting, um, you know, the the Disney experience in in Brazil, and they come by the pro, by train or plane loads uh, to visit us. Well, when you have that many people coming in that only speak one language, Portuguese, uh, and most of our people don't speak Portuguese, how can we best set up that experience? Well, one of the things that we did was we started hiring uh, Brazilians or Portuguese speaking uh, cast members. They might have even been from Brazil. And they were, they were called what we would call a, a super greeter. And that super greeter was strategically placed throughout the parks, the resorts, the Disney Springs area, resorts, et cetera, to, to really help be a liaison uh, between our frontline cast and our guests that were here in, in large numbers. And it, it provided an opportunity for us to improve that experience. Again, every time we engage some uh, a client or a customer, uh, that, that is a touch point. We want to make sure that, that the messaging is consistent there, and we want to make sure uh, that, that people walk away with um, feeling like it's been personalized 
in some degree. And our guests from Brazil feel that way when they, they talk with someone that understands their language, understands their culture, and then is truly there to help. So Disney's always thinking about their guests. As a matter of fact, I believe that they obsess over their, their guests because they're always asking themselves, how can we make the experience better? How can we make the experience better? Because Disney understands that the experience is what drives revenue and it, and it drives repeat business. It's why it doesn't matter what, what price tag you put on a, on a Disney ticket going into the park, people are still coming. People are still coming. The ticket prices go up, more people come because they know about the experience. And even since we've opened, or even since Disney's opened uh, past the pandemic here, people are still flocking into the parks and they're not even getting the full experience anymore. But there's something about the previous experience that continues to draw them back. And Disney has, has really, I think, um, developed a, a tremendous strategy for creating uh, raving fans, raving fans. Daryl Amy says in his book, Revenue Growth Engine, the experience your clients have with your company will determine the total revenue you get from their account. So experience truly, truly uh, matters. But I'll tell you, in respect to Disney, uh, I was a skeptic myself. I didn't really grow up on Disney or coming to Disney. Only thing I had was the wonderful world of color on Sunday nights. That was the extent of it. But um, and I didn't come here as a as a young person or or even a kid, really. But some friends of ours coerced us into coming here on a Disney vacation. And so begrudgingly, we did. But I could not believe from the from the moment we landed on property uh, th throughout the entire duration of our of our stay the consistency in, in the um, experience, as well as the personalized uh, nature of that experience. And I walked away um, really with a different opinion uh, of Disney. As a matter of fact, uh, I'll share one quick story with you. Kind of a funny story. My, my, uh, my wife and I, we had our two girls over at Hollywood Studios and we decided we would get an ice cream. And of course, you all probably know the price of a Disney ice cream. It's not cheap. So the way that we looked at it was we were going to buy one ice cream and we were all going to get a few licks off of that, that, that ice cream. And so uh, I had my, my oldest daughter in my arms at that, at that time. She was four. We came around the corner. I uh, went to the ice cream stand there. The cast member greeted us. He greeted me. He spoke directly to my daughter, greeted her as a princess, of course. He said, how can I help you? I said, I'd like um, one vanilla ice cream. And uh, he said, and what would the princess like? And I said, we'll be getting one vanilla ice cream. And he said, no, sir, you don't understand. Uh, what, what would she like? I know that you would like a vanilla ice cream, but what would she like? And I said, well, we are having or sharing a vanilla ice cream. <laughs> he said, no, no, no. I want to give her an ice cream. She's our princess. So what flavor would she like? So she ends up with her strawberry ice cream. I have my vanilla ice cream. I go around the corner. There's my wife sitting there on the bench and she looks at me like I'm a sucker. Like, what did you do? She convinced you to get another ice cream. And I'm like, no, no, no. They gave it away to me. And she said, there's no way. <laughs> 
and, and I said, yeah, he did. And she goes, I'm going to go ask. And she did. She went around the corner. She asked that cast member, did you give my husband an ice cream? <laughs> and she came back and she was just shaking her head. I cannot believe, I cannot believe that. It was a personalized experience, completely unexpected. And, uh, and one that that cast member was able to do to really ultimately make our experience memorable. And that's what leads to the, the third point here. So we've talked about, we want it to be, our messaging to be consistent across the spectrum. Everything that we do, everybody that's involved in an interaction with your customer or client, the messaging needs to be consistent. Uh, secondly, we talked about, uh, it needs to be personal. It needs to be personal. So come up with ways that we can personalize the experience and make it great uh, for your, your client or your customer. And thirdly, is it memorable? So what is unique about your product? What will happen to your customers if they use your product? You know, what, what's the desired outcome, if you will? You know, Jim said yesterday, you have to have a growth message because that's what's going to differentiate you from your competition. So it has to be something different. Like the experience is going to be so different it's it's gonna it's gonna revolutionize the way that you work. It might sound like an Apple uh, commercial, right? So it's important it's important as well that everybody's playing from the same playbook. Again, Jim talked about that with the coach's playbook, and this is what helps you deliver consist a consistent, uh, memorable experience along the way as well. So, for instance, at Walt Disney World, it's known as the most magical place on earth. However, that means nothing if cast members don't own it, they don't believe it, and they don't execute it. They have to own it. They have to believe it, and they have to execute it. Because otherwise, skeptics like me that, that went to Disney not believing that you know it was as magical as it was purported to be, we walk away changed when we see that consistency that's been personalized and, 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 then, uh, and then ultimately it becomes very memorable. It becomes very memorable. So they have to own it. Your, your, your client or your uh, employees, they have to own it. They have to believe it and they have to, they have to execute it as well. So I'll, um, I'll, I'll share this other story as far as like how, how that kind of, how that kind of relates. So um, we were leaving Magic Kingdom one day. This is all on the same trip. All right. We're leaving Magic Kingdom uh, one day. And as we're on the way out, my, my oldest daughter, again, she's holding my hand as we're walking, you know, towards the front of the park and about to exit. And as we were, um, she's asking me, Daddy, where are we going? I said, well, honey, we're, we're going to go visit another park um, at, at Disney. And she said, no, I don't, I don't want to, I want to stay here. And I said, well, well, we're not going to, we're, we're leaving is, is what we're going to do. And we're going to have a nice time over at the other park. And right down there, right down there in town square in the middle of, of main street, USA in front of God and country, my, my daughter has a complete meltdown. This is the first time I've ever seen her do this type of meltdown, like rolling around on the ground meltdown, you know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. What in the world is going on, you know, and out of nowhere, 
um, and a cast member shows up and says, sir, what's your daughter's name? And, and I told him and he gets down on his knee and he, he says, he says, Mariah, honey, there's no, there's no crying at the magic kingdom. And, she, and I can, I can only imagine what's going through her, her mind, you know, at that point. And, uh, and he says, I have a special message from you for you from Tinkerbell. If you stop crying, I can share that with you. Within about a split second, those tears were gone. She gets up off the ground and says, what, what was it? And he says, Tinkerbell says that if you can be good for your daddy and whatever he's asking you to do or go wherever you're, you're being asked to go, that she wants you to have this very special trading pin with her picture on it. And then he gives her this pin. She looks at me, puts her hand in my hand, says, okay, daddy, where are we going? I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, that's unbelievable. Like, can you come with me everywhere that we go today? Because that was pretty impressive, you know, how you did that. This guy believed that it was all about magical experiences. This guy believed it. He owned it. He, he lived it. I mean, he tells a story about talking with Tinkerbell, you know, and then he executes it. He didn't know me. Uh, I mean, he could have very easily have walked, uh, you know, right past me, you know, with this um, situation taking place. And in most circumstances, that's exactly what happens. But because it is all about the experience, he stepped in to help. And I thought that that was pretty, pretty impressive. You know, in most cases, when an, an experience envelops a, a commodity or a good or a service, it can really draw a higher premium as well as making it easier to market. And as I said at the beginning, I believe it's possible to take the most mundane function and turn it into an experience. And that's exactly what uh, Disney has done. They've taken what was... Um, a carnival or a theme park from the late night or early 1900s and Walt Disney himself, he changed it. He made it better. He plussed it. He, he, he made it an experience that people came to and wanted to came, come to and are willing to pay a premium for. My last story is this. So I was once a godfather. And that is the godfather of the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Down at, it was downtown Disney at the time. And I, when I was there, I learned how to take a $50 dress and, I, and, and turn it into a $300 experience. I'll tell you, if you add makeup, pixie dust, and a new hairdo fashioned by a fairy, fairy godmother in training, you'll have no end to your reservation list. And that's exactly the way it is. It's all about the experience. You can take something simple like a princess dress and turn it into an experience that changes everything. As Jim Collins said in Good to Great, alignment principally follows from results and momentum, not the other way around. And I think that sales and marketing can find alignment, especially when you're starting to generate results. But you can't do that unless you take time to map out what the experience looks like at every level along the way. And that, my friends, is why client experience matters. 
If it's consistent, personal, and memorable, it will always lead to results. What a fantastic session with John Langford. I am so fired up about the power of customer experience right now. And I think this is an incredibly important area for sales and marketing to get together, work together, and look for ways to improve the customer experience. All of that is going to drive net new and cross-sell revenue, which is what we need right now. If you'd like to access to this session, along with all of the other sessions of the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge, just go to 2021alignmentchallenge.com or text the word alignment to 21,000. Don't forget, Mark Schaefer, author of The Marketing Rebellion, will be joining us on April 21st for a live session if you go to 2021alignmentchallenge.com and register, you'll be notified with all the details so you can join us or catch the recording. This is a critical time for us to drive and thrive so we can get it done in 2021. Thank you to everybody who's working hard to make it happen. And until next week, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.